Hi everyone, Josh and Ryan here. Welcome back to the Supercent Podcast, the personal development podcast hosted by the youngsters for once. Research shows if you put a hundred random people in a room, somewhere amongst them, there will be just two truly incredible, inspirational people who are living their lives to the fullest. In this podcast, we bring those exact people to you, week in and week out. Join us on our journey as we learn the secrets, routines and dreams of the two percenters. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the kind of uh, word association game. Uh, so we're going to fire 10 words at you and then just think of the first word that comes to mind. Uh, we'll have a little chat about that. How's that sound? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first word is memories. Uh, youth. Culture. Positive. Thinking. Time. Health. Bike. Future. Young people. Reading. Boring. Media. Newspapers. Belief. Passion. Cheese. Stillworth. And passion. Determination. Perfect. Thanks very much. You got anything you want to pick up on immediately, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to start off with what hopefully is a, a less pressured one, which is health and bike. Because uh, I know I know you love your cycling and you've got a little story from recent uh, that involves cycling. Yeah, I'm not sure I love my bike. But, <laughs> um, I definitely spent a lot of time with my bike yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. So we, um, or the Onside Network, put together an amazing fundraising event called the Tour de Youth Zones, which was a group of about 20 cyclists, which I was one of, cycling from Carlisle to every single youth zone in our network, all the way down to Croydon, which was in total about 500 miles. Um, We did it in five days, which was, um, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. It was a good reminder to me that I need to have challenges in my life, because I think over the last three or four years, I haven't had that physical challenge, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's great to spend time with 20 other people from across the network who are passionate about young people, passionate about youth zones. I've still got aches and pains to show for it. Um, I think I'll do it again, which is which is a positive. Yeah, I always remember uh, that there was one event that I never actually did with Essex, which was the 100-mile canoe test. And uh, uh, I just, I just it reminded me of that because I was just thinking, oh, that's such a gruelling physical challenge. Um, to be cycling such a long way, did you think? Yeah. Did you feel that you met a lot of people that you hadn't from across the network? Like, did it give you any other insight into into onside and the other youth zones? Yeah, definitely. I think so. We got so there was a whole array of people on the bike ride from chairs of youth zones to funders of youth zones to staff members in youth zones, and yeah, we we were uh, it was a good crew. We we had people from London, Wigan. Carlisle, Wolverhampton, so from right across the network, and yeah, it was really great to spend time with everyone and share stories and share successes about our own youth zones. I think um, so. The hundred mile canoe test, Ryan, I was lucky enough to take part in that six times when I was a member of that youth club. You feel bad? Um, Put me to shame. Put me to shame. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I look back on that with fond memories as well. Although it's definitely grueling, and as a young person, it's those types of things that I think help build your resilience um, and your sort of stamina and your thirst for challenges and, and not being knocked down when things don't go don't go your the right way. Um, yeah. 
No, it definitely does. And just to add, like, I've done other challenges and other <laughs> and lots of other things. So, <laughs> we'll be on the tour to youth zones next year, then, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Make him accountable. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Um, the next word I wanted to pick up on was uh, reading and boring, um, mainly because like I think we're told a lot um, throughout life and especially as a young person that, you know, reading is going to elevate you to that next level and that's what's holding you back from the next grade, the further reading. Um, so it's quite interesting to hear sort of chief exec saying that they find reading boring. Um, yeah, that's that's not a good role model answer. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's interesting. We like differences, true, yeah. yeah. So what was your thoughts? So I do, it was the first thing that came to me. And do you know what? I think it does stem from when I was at school, college. I did find um, being in lessons, it wasn't the most exciting and thrilling of things. So I think that associating reading with the word boring is perhaps perhaps why that came out as the first word when yeah. you said reading. Um, I do read now. So on holiday, I will read books. I often read leadership books, um, autobiographies of sports people are generally my book of choice. And um, yeah, I'll read magazines, health, fitness magazines, those types of things. But I think that that word will, it comes out when I think back to reading, you associate it with being at school, with learning and perhaps not being energised in the classroom. I did so much of my learning outside of the classroom that I think that's probably why I might go to. But I wouldn't advocate for any young people saying that reading is boring. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I really like resonate with that because I, I also like. I think that's the first word that comes to my mind as I used to hate reading as a kid, and I, I like you say, I much prefer doing football or outdoor activities or uh, talking to people just to get knowledge rather than getting my head in a textbook. But Similar to you, I now like to pick up an autobiography or a leadership book and, and know that it's quite a good thing to do. Um, do you have a, a, a favourite uh, book or, or autobiography or leadership book that you could recommend of choice? So I've read a bit recently from Simon Sinek. Yeah. Um, which I find really interesting. Um, I'd have also, rather embarrassingly, forget the... Oh, Ant Middleton. Yes, I like Ant Middleton, yeah. yeah. Chelmsford in Essex so I read his uh, book recently which I found fascinating he's got a really simplistic way of looking at things um, got a real drive and a determination which comes across in his words I know he's got a, another book out um, at the moment which I might pick up at Christmas but um, yeah those sorts of books they, they're the ones that get me going that I can read if I'm on holiday or if I've got the time I can read cover to cover pretty quickly yeah, I, I actually finished the first man in this this year as well. Uh, I think it is the new one is like the fair bubble, isn't it? I think it's the new one that's come out. Um, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to reading that. Good stuff. You got another word, Ryan? Last one. Uh, last one. We're gonna uh, talk about media and newspapers. Um, <laughs> you know, working with young people, do you find they're always on their phones doing social media like that sort of thing? Uh, like what what. What's that kind of perspective, or do you find that the the activities that you that you put on kind of uh, have an escape or a difference away from from that kind of digital environment? Um, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I I like to look for on our on our sessions when we have young people into the buildings is how many young people are sitting on their own on their phones and for me that's a good indication of have we got a good offer on that evening have we got a good offer on that session are we engaging with young people and I think the 
young people that we see on their phones on their own probably means they're less engaged with what's going on so I do use that as a bit of a barometer to see how things are going but I also understand that um, young people enjoy their phones and enjoy using them so we have to balance out the offer there and make sure that we balance out young people having those opportunities for positive activities but also doing things that they want to do as well um, I think with regards to new pa- newspapers I think sometimes young people get a bit of a bad press um, and it's undeserved. I think I am inspired every single day here by young people and the things that they do and the things that they achieve and the challenges that they overcome. And I wish some people that write these articles and put young people in bad lights would only come and spend a couple of hours with me and see and meet young people who would just inspire them to write the most amazing things about these young people. Um, so I think, yeah, newspapers, perhaps the word that came out there, but there's a whole wider thing around young people and the media that I think we've all got a responsibility to throw a bit of positivity at. Yeah, you definitely seem to read more negative things than, than positive things generally, but there's certainly more positive than negative out there. And it's just about kind of showing that and finding that. And Onside are definitely doing a great job of, of showing that and getting that out there. So that is the end of the word association game. We're going to move Thank on. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's over. So now we're going to move on to the last section. So we've got a few questions. Um, uh, and then we've got the public question from uh, Luke, who was our last guest. Um, and then we'll get your question for the next guest. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So the first question is from me, something that I thought about uh, what I want to ask. So what matters most to the young people that you work with? Well, I think, and then this is young people, adults, everyone, just wants to know that people are there for them and that people care for them and that when they need a little bit of extra support and extra guidance... That there's someone who cares enough and looks out for them enough to be there for them. I think that's what young people want. And then we're really lucky here that we have the whole range of activities and an amazing building. But the bottom line is young people wouldn't come back and see us day in, day out or week in, week out if it wasn't for the relationships that they have with the team who they look on as positive role models as people that they can talk to when they need them so I think it's about young people want to build relationships with um, adults with up with their peers and know that they're cared for and that they've got someone to talk to when they need it yeah I think I think you're right that is super important and something I'm interested in I know that like mental health at the moment is a massive topic of conversation is that something that you guys are keeping your your eye on closely are you sort of bringing that into your future strategies going forwards yeah that's right yeah it's a it's a huge thing that we and and other amazing youth charities are are really working hard with young people on um we've got a great partnership here just developing actually with place to be who offer counseling services in schools at the moment for young people who are going through some tough times. We've now got a partnership with Place to Be and they're going to offer the same service that they offer in schools, but they're going to offer it in the youth zone here in Barking and Dagenham, which is just fantastic because it means when young people need to have those more 
complex and more lengthy conversations about their mental health, we will be able to provide that here alongside the more light touch conversations that they can have with our youth workers as well. So it's something that we all need to ensure that we're talking about and that it's very high up our agendas and that we're really open for it. And I see that as part of my responsibility as a chief executive as well to, to ensure that all of our staff are looked after and make sure that they have got space to talk about themselves as well. Is that something that you and the staff maybe find difficult at times, like trying to be energising and inspiring and, and a positive role model? kind of all the time or is that something that um you kind of just kind of show everything all the time kind of bring your whole self to work like that kind of thing how does it work from a staff perspective so we definitely try and um ensure that the, the staff team can be their best selves at work but you have to recognize that that's not always possible it's not possible in in any role um and i think what we try and do here is support the team as best we can when um they need that opportunity to reflect and they need that opportunity to step away from work. Um, but part of the journey with young people is them also recognising that it's not possible for youth workers to always be 100 miles an hour and completely motivated. So that, that I would see that that's just part of, um, part of our roles and part of young people understanding that um, it's not always possible to be 100% on it, but I think the staff team here are incredible. They have got an amazing amount of energy and amazing amount of enthusiasm for wanting to work with young people. And, yeah, I sit back and admire the sessions sometimes. I don't know where they get their energy and their enthusiasm from. Yeah, and I guess it comes back to what we were talking about earlier with culture and uh, I suppose the fact that Place to Be is now going to be in future, kind of that visibility of that service as well is going to really help. Uh, the young people going forward um, a kind of related question that uh, I've kind of combined from a couple of uh, questions on Reddit um, is about uh, kind of nurturing resilience and, and how do you pick yourself up when you're at that at that bottom bottom point which sometimes young people can be which is why um, onside is such a, an important thing to have there so that that is part of bringing, bringing people back up again Definitely. And I think the great thing about Onside is the youth zones and teams within youth zones will be identifying before young people get to that point where it just feels too difficult, where it feels like there's mm. too many challenges, and too many barriers to overcome. Um, our work is universal, which means that we work with all young people. And sometimes when a young person has had a tough day at school, what's needed is a light touch conversation with a youth worker about why it wasn't the best day and perhaps some coping strategies of why, how tomorrow can be a bit more positive and then some positive activity and that's great for that young person but I also recognise that, that that all young people that's not going to work and that they need some more intensive um, intervention and that's why I hope that working with people like Place to Be and there's some other amazing charities and organisations and groups in Barking and Dagenham but also further afield who do some great targeted work with young people and, and really provide an offer for them when they need that yeah. and when they do face challenges which are too difficult to overcome. Um, as as Chief Executive, how does your, how do you manage your sort of mental health and and well-being like is it um because i feel like 
that's a lot of, it's a stressful position in any organization but responsible for all those sort of young people do you feel like an extra sense of responsibility and pressure to succeed and do well does that ever affect you um i think in previous roles i've learned lots so i've had roles in the past where i have found things really stressful and you do feel like there isn't a way out and there's no light at the end of the tunnel and it's different you're not going to clear your workload and there's too much to do in in such a short space of time but i've learned loads from that um and I feel like I, I have some strategies for myself now. Um, it, it, it's definitely important to find space away from work and I get out in the fresh air and try and go and do some physical activity, hopefully not riding a bike every week 500 <laughs> miles, but it might just be going to the gym or going for a walk. Um, I think talking to people around you is really important. And I try and... Um, I've got a great support network at home. I've got an, an amazing family who are really supportive of the job that I do. But at work as well, I think when um, employees, when I as a chief exec find things tough, you need to talk about it. You need to be open and honest about it because then people will get around you and help you out and, and be really supportive. So I try and do that and I hope that in myself doing that, that means that other people feel comfortable to talk about the problems that they're facing in their work and, and issues that they're having as well. No, that's great. And on the passion point, so there's something that kind of people say a lot that if you love what you do, work is not work. Is that something that you identify with or is is there an element of work is still work even though you're doing something you're incredibly passionate about? Um. So I am I'm a hundred percent. I love getting up for work every day. I absolutely love it. I get out of bed in the morning. I bound into work, and I have got an amazing thirst for what I do. And I really, I completely buy into that. It doesn't feel like work to me. It just feels like I'm coming in and doing something that I love doing. And I try and do it with as much passion, as much determination as I can, because I feel like that's what young people deserve. Um, I would always encourage people to do things that they like doing, things that they're passionate about. I've got one, I, I had one job when I was um, in between uh, roles working with young people. I worked as a duty manager in a hotel for six months and I absolutely hated it. And I got up for work every morning and it was a real struggle. So I think that was a big lesson for me that I always need to make sure that I'm doing something that I'm completely passionate about and completely excites me and wants to wants, helps me to get out of bed in the morning but definitely if you're doing something that you're passionate about doing something that you like doing it's only going to help you in your career and help you to progress yeah great stuff okay we're now approaching the end so i'm gonna give... oh. <laughs> sorry about that boys. that's all right don't worry we can edit that out <laughs> um well, yeah, we're approaching the end, so I'm now going to give you the question from our previous guest, and then the very final thing is for you to ask a question for our next guest. Okay. Um, so, question from Luke Nevercliff, last episode, uh, is, what does your success look like now, and what will it look like in the future? Great question, Luke. So, my success now... I think my success now is in having a team who feel supported and comfortable 
doing their jobs and can challenge themselves and having young people come into the building feeling really safe and secure and challenged with everything that we're doing here um, and my success in the future is that we can continue to do that that we can make what we're doing here in Barking and Dagenham sustainable for the future that we can continue to work with young people on an ongoing basis for years and years to come and I often talk to the team here about I can't wait for that time when we have a parent of a young person walk into the youth zone who has been here as a member and says to their son or daughter, I used to come to Future as a member and it done all these amazing things for me and now you're a member and I hope it does the same for you. So I guess that would be my success in the future. That's great and that's so powerful. Like. I can definitely attest to that from from my experience with my club. Like that's happened a lot. I mean, Ingate Stone's a hundred years old now. We had the anniversary this year actually, and there's been I think we've now got a few people with multiple generations who come to the same club, um, and it is it is a really really powerful thing. So I, I hope that you get the chance to experience that. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, and and amazing that Ingate Stone's been going for a hundred years. I hope <laughs> I can only hope that the future does the same. So what are you thinking about what is on your mind? If we can ask that you leave a question for our next guest, we don't know who they're going to be, uh, but we tie our episodes together just with, with one question to, to each guest. So what would you like to know? Well, I think I would like to know from your next guest a moment in their life when they've been most inspired. Perfect. Yeah, that's a really nice question. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Gavin. We really appreciated your time. Uh, thanks, Josh. It's been a good conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I hope um, I hope I wasn't too long with my answers or that I answered all your questions. It was my first podcast. I did enjoy it. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me on. No, that's great stuff. Thanks ever so much, Gavin. And, um... Well, that's it for another episode of the 2% Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. If you or someone you know has a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch. Also, we're developing too, so if you liked the episode, give us some love on social to support the series, and if you didn't, let us know how to improve. Stay motivated, follow your dreams, and as always, do it with a smile.